I'm Effie Parks. Welcome to Once Upon a Jane, the podcast. This is a place I created for us to connect and share the stories of our not-so-typical lives. Raising kids who are born with rare genetic syndromes and other types of disabilities can feel pretty isolating. What I know for sure is that when we can hear the triumphs and challenges from others who get it, we can find a lot more laughter, a lot more hope, and feel a lot less alone. I believe there are some magical healing powers that can happen for all of us through sharing our stories, and I'll take all the help I can get. Once Upon a Gene is proud to be part of Bloodstream Media. Living in a family affected by rare and chronic illness can be isolating, and sometimes the best medicine is connecting to the voices of people who share your experience. This is why Bloodstream Media produces podcasts, blogs, and other forms of content for patients, families, and clinicians impacted by rare and chronic diseases. Visit bloodstreammedia.com to learn more. Hi there, and welcome to the show. Once a month, I release this extra special episode in a series I call A Rare Collection. It features a few people from the rare disease community, each telling a true story with the same theme. I'm super excited to present the 19th episode in the storytelling series. I've always been moved by storytelling, and I believe there is so much power in them for both the listener and the storyteller. I'm the luckiest podcaster ever in that this is what I get to do for fun, passion, and purpose. The theme for today's episode is holiday cheer, and the storytellers have the utmost freedom to be creative and take the theme wherever their heart desires. Here's a story from Jessica Johnson. Mama Takai, who has Syngap 1. So I must confess, I was approached by Effie exactly a week ago about sharing a story for this month's Rare Collection. I was honored and completely blown away to be asked. I've been a fan of Effie's and the show since my son's diagnosis in October 2020, so of course I said yes. Inspired and enthusiastic, I immediately sat down to start on first draft. My first draft became a second draft, and my second draft became a third third, fourth, so on. You get the point. I've written five different stories in the past five days. I'm not really quite sure why or how I got so lost in the details or in my own thoughts, but the truth is I kind of didn't know how to approach the topic. I thought back to all the rare collection stories I had listened to over the years, every single one so personal and touching, all written and told so beautifully. These rare collection stories, along with the episodes, had gotten me through some of the darkest days. It was important to me that my contribution reflect the amount of gratitude that I felt. All of those rare collection storytellers who came before me, their words had had such a profound impact on my life, as well as my new identity of a mom to a child with complex medical needs. I had to pay it forward to this rare and wonderful world we are so lucky to be a part of. Last night, as I ripped up yet another draft, I texted Effie, apologizing for my last-minute submission, and promised her I'd get it in on time. I confessed to her that I was having a hard time putting words to paper. Being the gem that Effie is, she texted me back right away. She reassured me that I had plenty of time and I would get it in, and that it would be great. Just pretend you're in the car with me telling me a story, she suggested. My anxiety was immediately settled. I am no writer, but I knew that whatever story I decided to share would be powerful because it was mine, and I finally had a community to share with. For a lot of families, the holidays can bring about stress, anxiety, and feelings of sadness. I've been there. 
I've had my fair share of less than cheery holiday seasons. And for those families that are finding themselves in a hard season, just remember you're not alone. You are seen and it will get better. There are so many things I love about the holidays. The smell of wood burning in chimneys, festive holiday decorations in stores that are finally full of people once again, holiday lights, cookies, parties, and cards, giving gifts, receiving gifts, stockings, decorating the tree and lighting the menorah, matching Christmas pajamas, ugly holiday sweaters. But when it comes down to it, if I had to pick one source of holiday cheer for this year, without a doubt, it's my son, Kai. Kai is the definition of festive. His excitement is infectious and inspires so many feelings of cheer and joy. Today, I asked Kai if he wanted to go get another bigger Christmas tree. My nonverbal child immediately turned to me and responded, yeah, while also aggressively doing the sign for it, which is shaking your fist up and down as if it were a head nodding yes. The rest of the day we spent decorating our new bigger tree. Once again, I was reminded what is really important during the holidays. And for me, it's being with my family. It's seeing my son who faces so many challenges on a daily basis filled with nothing but pure joy and happiness. Like that clip that Effie plays at the end of her podcast of Ford laughing. Their joy is the best sound and sight in the world. I will also find extreme amounts of holiday cheer this year in hearing Kai call me mama. For the most part, Kai is nonverbal. He has some words, but generally uses sign language as his means of communication. Earlier this year, we were in the car when all of a sudden I heard out of the back seat come mama. I nearly crashed the car. I think I actually looked back and said, what did you say? Kai must have picked up on my shock because he again repeated himself, mama. There it was, my confirmation. Not only did he say it, but he was actually referring to me. Kai is four and a half years old, so I've pretty much been waiting to hear those words for four and a half years. Anyone who has experienced loving someone whose disability impacts their communication and speech know how important this moment was for me. At this point, I do remember pulling the car over. I was at a stoplight with a gas station conveniently located right next to it. Again, I turned around and said, what did you say? Kai giggled his sweet giggle. And then for the third time, and to confirm, said, mama, while doing the sign. To confirm that, yes, I had heard him correctly. And he was referring to me. These moments are small and fleeting, but we must hang on to them. However small or insignificant, please do me one favor this holiday season. Define your own holiday cheer. Here's a story from Ed Gabler. Grandpa to Cole, who has Syngap 1. Growing up, the holidays meant a real tree in the corner of the living room, tied to each wall so that when the cats jumped on it, it wouldn't get knocked over. My dad read Twas Night Before Christmas to all five kids, and on New Year's Eve, Fred and Ginger and the Marx Brothers joined us while we played games and snacked well past midnight. Holiday cheer means something different for everyone, and it changes through one's life. After my children were born, my wife and I established new traditions. Christmas Eve was spent with my wife's family, and we'd come home and I'd read Twas Night Before Christmas to my three girls before putting them to sleep on the floor of our room. 
Jessica would wake up way too early every Christmas morning, and then they'd all try to push me out of bed while I tried to convince them I was still asleep. Christmas Day meant a movie marathon, and the day after always included a trip to Barnes & Noble for some new books for everyone. I'm now a grandparent, and we live near our eldest daughter's family, Jess and Tom Fairs, and we share in many of their traditions, but they look a little different. That's because they have rare in their lives. Their middle child, Cole, was two and a half when he was diagnosed in 2019 with Syngap-1, a rare genetic disorder. He's almost six now, but Cole still doesn't speak, and he has severe intellectual disability. He doesn't tend to play with his siblings very much, and he doesn't sit still for long periods of time. He also has aggression and self-harm issues. Honestly, Cole doesn't care about most of the things that neurotypical children enjoy. He doesn't make a Christmas wish list. He doesn't write a letter to Santa. He doesn't get excited about opening presents or frosting cookies, though he may steal one off the counter. He knows Princess Poppy, Moana, and Olaf, but he doesn't understand who Santa is. Tree lights can catch his eye, but if Cole hangs just one ornament on the tree, that's a win, even if it means he needs a little help. So how does a blended family, one with neurotypical and rare children, make holiday cheer? They adapt, they improvise, and they celebrate every single win. Cole's mom and dad create traditions to involve everyone. They get their tree at a tree farm, Cole either in a wagon or a stroller, or watched constantly so that he doesn't wander off. I was there this morning when the cutout cookies were made, and though Cole doesn't help with the cookies, he's part of dad's cookie crew, at least for the photo op. Unwrapping gifts isn't Cole's thing, but maybe he'll look into his stocking if he knows there's a kiss inside. A Hershey's kiss, that is. Tomorrow is the visit with Santa, but it's not just popping in whenever. Mom makes special arrangements to come early to avoid crowds and make sure there's time and space to get Cole comfortable with his surroundings. One tradition that all three kids enjoy together is breaking out of Cole's room on Christmas morning. The doorway is covered in wrapping paper. They rip through it and race downstairs toward the presents. Cole, however, heads straight for his iPad. And then there's the annual Christmas picture card. Getting three young children dressed, kept clean, smiling, in their places in this year's display, and looking somewhere in the vicinity of the camera is difficult enough without adding rare into the mix. The importance of inclusion in teaching inclusion to his siblings is worth the difficulties. But this isn't new for Jess and Tom, or other parents of kids with rare diseases. They all modify their life, expectations, traditions, and celebrations every single day. A balance has to be created to make sure that the entire blended family is included and nobody is a bystander. Each child is an important part of the family and an equal part of the family. I don't know whether Cole will remember these years, but his siblings will. I don't know whether there's going to be a cure for Syngap-1, but we hope so, and we work with Syngap Research Fund to try and make sure that that happens. I don't know what that cure might mean for Cole, but we can't count on it and we can't wait for it. What I do know is that Cole's family doesn't dwell in negatives or the limitations of living with rare. They recognize them, make adjustments as much as possible, and then focus on the positives, and especially on today. That's for the small wins in daily life. The smile that Cole shares when he's truly happy, 
his laughs, the twinkle in his eyes when he gets excited. And in my case, it's when he lies back on the floor, lifts up his legs, ready to play piggies. These moments might not be recognized as special by someone without rare, but for me, these moments are everything. And this is my new definition of holiday cheer. It's rare holiday cheer, and that's what makes it so much more special. Here's a story from Anthony Royal, dad to Tony, who has CTNNB1. As far back as I can remember, the holidays have never been a joyous occasion for me. As a young boy in Charleston, South Carolina, the holidays were always warm. Nothing like the Norman Rockwell Christmas art with the fluffy white snow and the kids speeding down hills on their sleighs. Thanksgiving consisted of me on the floor in the den by myself watching my beloved Detroit Lions. They would usually lose in some embarrassing fashion. I never really liked, or for that matter, understood why others liked Thanksgiving Day food. Even as a kid, I thought, if turkey was so good, why don't we eat it the other 364 days in the year? Christmas was no better. As a kid with undiagnosed ADHD and anxiety, having more family around just meant more people to be mad at me about something I spilled or broken or generally just messed up. No thanks. I was never keen on Santa either. In fact, I rooted for the Grinch in the movie. I mean, who were these who's and why were they so happy all the time? As a child, I remember my favorite day in the holidays was December 26th. So of course, I married a woman who absolutely lives for this time of year. If it was my choice, I'd go on vacation somewhere they didn't celebrate the holidays until December 26th. I hear Antarctica's getting warmer. Anyway, my wife, Natasha, totally decks out the house. We have, count them, one, two, three, four, five Christmas trees in our house right now. Lights are blinking, Grinch signs on the walls, holiday swag up and down the stairs. This woman made a Grinch front doormat when she couldn't find one anywhere. Who does that? This is probably why my 15-year-old son, Tony Jr., loves the holidays so much. Tony Jr. has a rare genetic disorder called CTNNB1 syndrome. He has difficulty speaking, walking, learning, and a host of other symptoms that make life very hard for him. Early in his life, many of his symptoms only added to my depression around the holidays. He couldn't tell us what presents he wanted. He couldn't unwrap most of his gifts independently. And many days ended in crying spells because he was just too overstimulated. Even at an older age, he was crying a lot, many times for hours at a time. Usually the holidays were times when we tried new medications and many times they were ineffective and had ugly side effects, including insomnia. And when Junior doesn't sleep, nobody sleeps in our household. No matter what his challenges are, he always loves the holidays and being around family. My wife makes it fun in a way I never could or would. Tony Jr. absolutely loves Thanksgiving and looks forward to watching the Lions lose with me. He even ropes my wife and my youngest son into the game, a far cry from me sitting on the floor alone. He also doesn't really like most Thanksgiving Day food, so we typically go unconventional for that meal. 
Tony looks forward to Christmas every year. Even though we are still working on him advocating for himself, he's coming out of his shell more and asking for things. This year, he wanted another pair of his favorite shoes, Nike Jordan Fly E's and headphones for the gym. He loves the Grinch too, so we all wear mostly Grinch stuff instead of Santa merch. You see, it's Tony's excitement for the holidays that has taught me to love them again. You could say my heart has grown three sizes since Junior came into my life. I owe my son for bringing back that childlike joy. Nowadays, my favorite day of the season is December 24th, that night to be precise. Gifts are all wrapped, cookies for Santa eaten, and I'm drinking hot chocolate with my wife in front of one of the Christmas trees as snow just whips around on a cold Delaware night. I can't wait to see Tony's smile from ear to ear when he wakes up in the morning. Thanks for listening and happy holidays from the King family. I hope you've been enjoying this podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this show with your people and please make sure to rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also head over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to connect with me and stay updated on the show. If you're interested in sharing your story or if you have anything you would like to contribute, please submit it to my website at effieparks.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show and for supporting me along the way. I appreciate you all so much. I don't know what kind of day you're having, but if you need a little pick-me-up, Ford's got you. Ha, 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 ha,